Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, and I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. And today for our show, I have with me Eric Williams. Eric, Hey, glad how are you doing? Good. Eric, tell us about yourself. Well, my wife and I moved to Miami in 2001. We have three kids. Our oldest is going into high school next year. I'm a therapist at Wellspring, and I also work with Crew, a college ministry, on different schools throughout South Florida. Awesome. And I love working with Eric. So for you listeners out there today, our show is called The Friendships of Men. And I'm just going to interview Eric a little bit about this. He does a pretty good job, actually, of knowing how to relate to guys. And so I brought him in to talk about the friendship of men. This month is Men's Health Month, if you didn't know that. We have another show that ran last week on the fa- on fatherhood, and Eric was a part of that show, too, if you missed that. Go to our website at wellspringmiami.org, and you can find that show on fatherhood. You can run it for Father's Day coming up. But let's talk today about the friendships of men. So, Eric, you kind of wanted to do this topic for this men's month. Well, I think guys having friendships can be challenging. Uh, I think it's easy to bond over basketball or football or sport, but just to have deep male relationships where you're talking about what's going on is harder to find, particularly in Miami. And so I think for me, it was always easier in high school to connect with women because they weren't challenging me. They would go deep and you could have good conversations. But when I went to college. Are you saying women aren't challenging? (laughs) (laughs) No, they are. It was just, they're not going to get up in your face and say, I'm going to punch you for that. Oh, okay. Okay, Now I follow you. (laughs) That's what happens. Yes, yes. They they were not challenging you to a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Maybe it was my father's Vietnam past (laughs) that, that I was trying to escape from. So, but in college, I really had to learn how to develop relationships with guys. I was an engineer. And so there were a lot more guys in the program, and I just learned how to do that. And I think there's a real benefit. Okay. So men need friends? They do, actually. And I think in our culture, it's seen as a weakness that you need people to be needy or to make mistakes is seen as being weak. When you think of guys who are in the military or police or firemen or even lawyers, just any kind of vulnerability can be seen as weak. And to need somebody, to need a friend, to to call them on the phone and want to talk about something, it's like you should handle that yourself. Why are you calling somebody? Why do you need help? I think that's pervasive in our culture and particularly for men. So I think that's really true. But you're right. Some men in some particular jobs are really taught that profoundly that it would be weak. Um, and so they maybe carry that past their work into their whole life that I'm a weak person. Mm-hmm. If I need people instead of really more than ever, if they can't show vulnerability at work, they probably need friends more than ever so that they have a place to balance that need to always be strong. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, what comes to mind for me is a story My wife had really hard pregnancies. They were really challenging. And there was one time in particular that I just felt really drained. I was given a lot at home and at work. And there were some things challenging about the pregnancy. And I called one of my best friends. And he was a a few months ahead of me in their pregnancy. They were pregnant too. He specifically wasn't pregnant, but his wife was (laughs) pregnant. And so I said, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm sleeping on the couch. And I'm like, you're sleeping on the couch. He's like, it's great. She's got that full body pillow and she turns every 20 minutes. It wakes me up. She doesn't like my snoring. So for the rest of the pregnancy, I'm just sleeping on the couch. And he just was so funny and so 
in the moment with what some of the adjustments they had to make for the pregnancy, it really just freed me up to say, you know, what I'm dealing with is okay. I'm not the only person to deal with this. And it's fair, you know, to cope for a season and to make some changes is a good idea. And it really helped me in that time. So you needed a friend to tell you this was normal and that the truth is you are both pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. That is the way it is. We are pregnant because we are going through these transitions and you needed a friend to make that real, right? Yes, I did. I did. (laughs) Okay. So um, tell me a little bit more about how men make friends and why it's important and just talk to me about it. Well, I think it's easy to bond over hobbies. And I think some of the best friends form out of doing things together, going camping, playing a sport together, watching sports, or just a common interest. I've got family that they just go hunting together. And so they might not talk for hours, but then at the end of the day, they're talking and it they cover some deep things. And men are more action oriented as a whole, a little right. less verbal. We know that about women's brains are more verbal and men's are not as verbal, but that doesn't mean they're not having real friendships just because they're building their friendships through activities. Right. And, and I think that's okay to say and to just not be critical of. I just think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but to have people that can ask you those questions that spend enough time on the golf course that can ask you how things are really going, because we face challenges. And so there's a verse in Ecclesiastes 4.12 that says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And so it's not a weakness to have friends. And in fact, it's a strength. And the more good friends you have in a crisis, the stronger you will handle it. And so if you look at it from that perspective, it's actually weaker to be alone. Oh, that is so definitely true. And particularly for men, you think about men who have forged bonds through the activity of war through, you know, they have trauma bonding, as we call it in the psychological world, where they have gone through a hard experience together. And because of that, they are bonded together for life because they have a shared experience of depth and meaning. And it may have all been activities, not talking, but they have that in common. And if you're alone, you don't have somebody to go through those hard experiences of your life, whether it's the pregnancy that your wife and you are going through or anything else. There's an aloneness, there's a falling apart, depression, a lot of things that can happen for men who don't have somebody to go through these things with them. Right. And so if you've been in the military, I mean, literally your life has been on the line. And so you've saved someone's life or they've saved your life. And so men that have experienced that have a deep friendship with one another or a sporting event. You know, when you've played a sport (laughs) together and helped each other out through some difficult trials, there's a bond that comes with that, that people talk about for a lifetime. As being on a team, but the team doesn't have to be sports or the military. It could be a work team. It could be a family team going through, you know, family stages and deaths and things like that. Right. Or a church group, a church team. right? Right. That's right. And so, I think one of the things that's helpful is just to be looking for those opportunity, looking for people that that you want to be friends with and you think that you could learn from and that maybe you could mentor. And so I think just the idea of looking for those in your life and making those a priority versus just dealing with it in isolation is a great thing to think about. Okay, so men need friendships. It may look different than women, mm-hmm. but they really need them, and it's not a weakness. We're starting with that, right? Right, right. And there's a story in the Bible with David and, and Jonathan, where Jonathan was the son of the king, and uh, he made a friendship with David, which actually at that time was not really at his best interest. I mean, to eliminate David and 
to see him as a threat to the throne would make you not want to be David's friend. But he built a relationship with David, even against his father's advice. And that friendship helped them both individually. But at the end of his life, when David became king, he protected Jonathan's kids and grandkids. And so this friendship that just seemed out of the ordinary benefited his family for generations. And I think sometimes there's a surprising benefit from friendships that we can't see at the time. And so that can help us in a way that we never expected. And so I think culturally, we don't know what to do with male friendships. I think Hollywood and even television now they tend to sexualize it a little bit well, more you know i've even heard people hint at you know whether david and jonathan's love for each other had some sort of sexual mm-hmm. side to it and so you're absolutely right we just sometimes we make it really hard for men to connect and be truly friends because it must mean something different as opposed to just being a solid healthy honest i got your back you got mine kind of thing between men mm-hmm and, and I think men just need sometimes to talk about what's going on, what the stress is, you know, what the coworker is doing or what your kids are doing. Or I think there'd be a lot less divorce today if men had friends that were able to help them and say, you know, honestly, you're not treating her well. When we go out and do stuff, you're kind of rough on her. Have you thought about how you approach her? I know you're mad about X, Y, and Z, but sometimes we need somebody to, to check us. You know, that kind of friendship that you're talking about, that only happens if you do life together. That's the way we say it in our small group, do life together. You have to be around for the family barbecue to notice that he's a little hard on her or to notice, hey, you're so stressed about work that you're literally not talking about anything else or you're just sleeping on the side of the room because you're so burned out. Mm -hmm. Or we notice that the bills aren't being paid and the lights are off. You got to do life to notice these things. And so if you got no one in your life seeing you and noticing you and noticing your relationships and how you do life, then you are alone and you are very vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. That's really true. And I think you got to want to invite people in. I mean, it's far easier to keep people at a distance and then you can maintain the facade. And so... With that, there was a season when I had a coworker that died. And as a result, I was working extra hard at work. I was filling in where the gaps were. And then emotionally, I was having a a harder time. And then I was assigned three new couples to our team. And it was a challenging time because these people did not have a connection with my my coworker that died. And, And so they said some pretty cruel things. But having some friends that gave me perspective to help me during that time and help me to really process what I was dealing with. My wife looked at me one day and she says, Eric, you've just got your, your military face on. She's like, they don't know you. You're not vulnerable with them the way you are with me and your friends. And that needs to change. And I think sometimes guys get in the stress mode and they don't share. And I think it sabotages the relationship because I wasn't known. And I think men do that where they're not known and you can't, You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't really know. Yeah. So to have friends, you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be the one to let yourself be known and not just hide or avoid all connection or intimacy. What kind of things do you think keep people, keep men from having friendships? What are the big, you know, fallout? (laughs) I mean, there's multiple fallouts. I just feel like our culture is so busy. You know, life is so stressful. Mm -hmm. Work is so busy, and so it's easier at work just to focus on getting things done and not make, you know, lunches a priority or spending community time developing the people you're working with, you know. I also think that it's just an image 
you know, we want to create the image. We don't want to be seen as weak. And so therefore we don't share, Mm -hmm. we share the positives, but not the struggles. And so therefore we don't get help with how to look at it differently. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's a group that I was involved with in college of six guys that we got together uh, throughout college for a small group. And then our mentor challenged us to commit to getting together after college. And so for about 10 years, we got together every year, multiple times a year. And some of them looked me in the eye and said, Hey, Eric, I think you need to work on this. And some of them says, Hey, I think you need to make this career change. And honestly, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be married to the person I'm married to now, had I not had that type of community. And so I would have never thought that it would have been that key. But I think sometimes there's a surprise in there. Yeah, I think one of the temptations to stay isolated is not to look weak or not to need because that's kind of like a cultural myth. Mm. And, and the other is that when you are known and seen, that then you'll be challenged to change. Right. And then you'll be ashamed if you don't change because mm. people are going to know that you've been told and you don't do anything. So there's something really uh, you can get away with a lot by not being known and seen. Mm-hmm. But there's no it, accountability. In there's it. no accountability, but ultimately you end up worse because, you, yeah, you get away with it and you hurt yourself and they hurt people around you. And sooner or later, everyone's going to see. So it's a temptation, but it's not an advantage. It's better to be known and seen and have people speak in and encourage us that we can make changes and it's okay. And, and we can still be loved even if we've messed up. And people can still stick with us even through the fact that we aren't getting everything just perfectly right now. And, mm-hmm. and they can love us and be there and be present anyway. So that's a big temptation. But we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back after this we're talking about the friendship of men we're on wellspring on the air this is tova with my co-host today with me eric williams and we'll be right back traumatized youth are evident in all walks of society in the news and in our communities wellspring counseling helps community youth overcome the traumas of violence sexual abuse grief and loss through a summer program called bounce Bounce Trauma Resolution Program helps youth process their trauma and learn resilience through intensive experiential therapies like art and horse-assisted therapy in a fun, camp-like Christian atmosphere. This program is partially funded by a Miami-Dade County grant, but we still need your support. Would you sponsor a youth who has experienced a severe traumatic event in Miami-Dade County to attend Bounce? Go to wellspringmiami.org slash bounce or call 786-573-7010 to donate by phone. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Tova, and I have with me today one of our therapists, Eric Williams. And today we're talking about the friendships of men. And so far we've just talked about how important it is for men to have friendships, that society may make you feel like it's weak if you need somebody, and temptation may make you want to not be vulnerable. But really men need men. Men need friendships. And so that's what we're talking about today. So if you're just joining us, you want to hear the beginning of the show, you can find us at wellspringmiami.org. You can find this show and other ones. Eric was on last week with fatherhood. So find us anytime there. But otherwise, if you're just joining us, stick with this show and we'll be wrapping up in not too long as we talk about the friendships of men. So Eric, as we're talking about the friendships of men, I kind of wanted to jump in here for just a minute. And I wanted to talk about the fact that men are different than women. Now, I know that's shocking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think we have tried to make people gender neutral in our society. And that's just actually ridiculous. We have no trouble looking at people's bodies and recognizing that men are generally bigger and stronger. 
And we also have no trouble recognizing that there are some women who are big and stronger than a lot of men, and there are some men who have more feminine-style bodies. So somehow in our physical world, we can identify that there are general differences between us, and yet there's a great deal of variety among us. So I say this carefully because I don't want to say all men are one thing and all women are another, but there are some differences between us, generally speaking, between men and women that may relate to friendships. For one thing, because this is Men's Health Month, I've been doing some research on these gender differences, and of course how they relate to mental health and things of interest to me in Wellspring. I did run across some interesting studies that might relate. For one thing, we know that the brains of infant girls and infant boys, including infant Reese's monkeys, but there's some research that shows that from the very beginning, they do prefer different things, different toys. They, the girls tend to like plush toys and the boys, even the monkeys, like things with wheels and stuff. So for a long time, we thought, oh, this is all culturally learned. This is just all culturally inspired differences, but it's not. It's really how we're hardwired long before we even know there's a male, female. We have differences generally between us. And I think that relates to friendships for men and women. We, we come at life differently. Not a right or a wrong, not a better or a worse, just a different. So here's another difference. Women tend to remain more oriented to faces. And men, even as little boys and infants, tend to remain more oriented in terms of what they notice in the surroundings to things. Hmm. Now, think about how that plays out in friendships. So women are in the room and they're tuning into the faces of their friends. They're a little higher on the empathy scales. They're more attuned to everybody's what they're feeling and doing. And men are watching the things. They're watching the football games. They're looking at what the beer in the fridge. I don't know what they're looking at, but they're looking at things. What do they look at? (laughs) Well, kids, they look at toys. Where's the toy? My boys won't sit on the couch unless they've got toys or a television on. And it's kind of interesting. My daughter, um, I'm going to tell my youngest daughter because I think she's a little more male style in relating. And she has great empathy. But as a little child at five years old, her friends, I remember it struck me. We went to this park one day, a big fair, and her girlfriends were all trying to find each other on who to be with to go on the rides. And she arrived and she eyed at the ride she wanted to go on and she didn't care she had any friends she didn't look for her friends she didn't need to find them she knew exactly what she wanted to do and she's she's an athlete she just turned into one of those kids who was a little more task oriented mm-hmm. a little less face oriented than than some so there are differences amongst us but i think if men are oriented towards things and less a little less towards faces what does that mean in terms of friendships well they're just more likely to want to hang out with a friend playing a golf game or mm-hmm. watching a football game, or playing a sport. You know, some people hate to watch it. They want to participate. And so I think that that's nothing to apologize for. It's just something to do. And so as you're doing things that interest you, just be intentional and spend it with people that either can you can mentor or they can mentor you or you can be honest with. And so I think that we're so busy in our culture. Changing our schedule is hard, but just tweaking it where we're doing mm-hmm. those things that we already do and love mm-hmm. and just being a little more intentional about it is is a great idea so men can build their friendships by doing things with the men but they still will stop every now and then and you're saying stop and take a look at the face and right. ask a real question a real vulnerable right. question so how are you really doing what's really going on and and just some really solid questions that get a little deeper women also have to do tasks it's not like they're just people who are in and not right. some tasks done so these are things it's not a either or it's just a little bit of tweaking to have whole healthy lives all right so here's another one from this realm of science just to throw it in 
the connections we often talk about connection the left side of the brain tends to be more linear more verbal it's like a filing cabinet where everything's in alphabetical order and the right side of the brain is more sensory and the motions and things are more like a file cabinet where it's all dumped in and by association mm-hmm. so the interesting thing is women's have a stronger cord pathway between the two hemispheres of the brain so the left and the right sides of their brain tend to talk a little bit more to each other in a given circumstance and men have a little less of that statistically even their males are more prone toward not prone toward but there are more males with autism than females and it may relate to this pathway Mm. thing it's kind of an interesting dynamic so anyway this is all brain stuff but again how does this relate to men and friendships well I think men tend to be on one side of the brain or the other. They're either linear, they're going to solve the problem, they're going to fix it, they're going to tell you all the details, or they're on the sensory side. And they're all tactile, physical, emotional, and not always talking within themselves to that. So they tend to be one or the other. And women tend to be kind of thinking about all of that at the same time. Is that true? Right, that is true. So how does that relate to friendships? Well, I think like what you're saying is sitting together and having coffee and telling about your day is not something men tend to do. You know, um, where's the action? Let's do this. Let's do the job. But taking a minute and really connecting with the person and seeing that this is going to help you be more effective in the job. This is going to help your marriage be more effective rather than just doing marriage and doing parenting and doing the house to really make yourself be able to have a conversation with your wife or with your friends about that can help. So really, when you think about I know I've heard the analogy, men's brains are like waffles and women's are like spaghetti. I don't know if you guys have heard that out there. But in other words, they do one thing. Now now I'm working and now I'm having sex and now I'm watching TV and they're just all compartmentalized. And women tend to, they're all overlapped, you know. Sex starts in the kitchen, so you got to, they're all overlapped, right? So as you think about that linear tendency for men what you're really saying is for men that men need friendships mm-hmm. and so that needs to become one of their tasks right it needs they to be need able- to compartmentalize it into a linear way you need friends go find friends here's how to make friends make that a task that they can conquer what do you think will that work yeah i mean if you look <laughs> at it that way you want to conquer some some relationships in your life and so what are some ways to do that so at work and at home So you can make it a goal. I'm going to have people I'm vulnerable with. I'm going to have people who know me. I'm going to know Mm -hmm. them. I'm going to be honest, right? Right, And then you could, can you win a prize for doing that? (laughs) I think there is a byproduct from it. I think that that, that you're known and that you have relationships. And I think that you're a better individual, you know, as you share. And a, a lot of the college kids that I've worked with through the years, they don't have people in their lives. Mm. You know, their dads are not there. And so they, they're kind of starting behind with those kind of relationships. But what that means is just being intentional with those relationships you do have. You know, who are some, who are, who's one or two people at work that you could go to lunch with once a week and just talk about what's going on and ask them what's going on? There was a friend of mine that lives in Tampa that we've had the same job. He was actually my first boss at one of the events when I started with Crew. But he's just been a great friend. And so on the days that have been really hard or the weeks that have been really hard, he's called me up and asked me how I was doing. And and I've done the same for him. And so the relationship goes for decades. And so when you have that kind of friendship, somebody that's there with you in the thick and the thin, you've really gained an ally. 
And so there's been times when my wife and I have gotten into an argument and I've called him and I said, where am I crazy here and where am I right? Mm -hmm. And it's just very helpful. You know, you've got your therapist there. That's the first therapist. A lot of people that come into our office, they really don't have good friends to give them good feedback. And then they're in a crisis. So one of the prizes, you could save money on therapy. That's right. That's right. (laughs) The other prize is, you know, really better marriages, better relationships with your kids, better things that work, better balance in your life because you've got people speaking into it. So there are some real prizes on choosing to develop friends as men. I have to take a moment here and brag about my husband because he is committed to this kind of thing. And when we first were dating, he was in a, a guy's group. They called it RMBS, Real Men's Bible Study. We questioned what the BS part, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He was in this men's group for a lot of years, and they held each other accountable. They were honest. They were all Christian men, and and he knew it was important. And in other phases of his life, he's had those other groups. He's tried to get in some, and he's had some real seasons where he had a drought. He just did not have those because people changed, moved, churches changed, his best friend moved away, things like that. And so, but he, in the last few years, has re-upped and committed to this men's group that's been meeting a couple years now. I think the guy who tried to put them all together said he, he asked about 60 men, invited like 60 men to come up with eight who would form a group. So it's hard to get men to be willing to be accountable and committed to being honest in each other's lives. But they've done it. And again, I'm just bragging on my husband because it has been life-changing for him. He's discovered that there are other peers to him who have issues and who've been honest and they've told each other about it. And he kind of dreads it sometimes when they go. And afterwards, when he comes back, he's always glad he did. And he doesn't dread the doing. It's just time out of his life. He could always be doing something else. There's always some other pull than go and talk you know Mm -hmm. he'd rather not be there but i we call it it's like a secret club we don't even know who's in it (laughs) and so in our family we call it the bowling club so we'll say dad's going bowling tonight and we know it means he's with his men's group because it's so secret they don't ever tell who's in it or anything it's kind of cool but um anyway he's committed and and i just want to encourage that to other people who are out there those men who are out there find some guys that talk it doesn't have to be secret it could be your uncle or your cousin or or a friend or somebody else in your life Mm -hmm. so tova how is he different after going to one of those have you noticed the difference when he goes well this group is really committed and they actually have some questions they ask each time that Mm -hmm. facilitate really deep deep Mm -hmm. conversations i don't know what their questions are but i i think you know questions we had talked about saying to this audience things like you know What's the best and worst thing that's happened to you this week or this month? Um, What are your greatest hopes and fears? Just open-ended but honest kind of questions. So he has changed to answer your question because they've asked some real honest questions. And they've pressured him to make some changes in his life, which he's been working Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, he goes back a couple months later and they're like, hey, you haven't done it yet. You haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really motivating. So he's now done it, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it's very, it's noticeable to me. That's great. exercise patterns is therapy patterns whatever it is he's he's doing he's doing more and uh, i appreciate and and respect him for that hard work but as we kind of come towards the end here what other things can men do to initiate being vulnerable or to invite a relationship with another man that's great i think there's two things i would look for a couple people that you'd want to have coffee with or go to lunch with and just learn things that you admire and appreciate about them maybe it's somebody at church or at work that you admire, but also be looking for some younger men that you could spend time with as well and to connect with and offer that. So looking for somebody above you to kind of, and somebody kind of that's not as seasoned as you are as well. And so it really takes asking, you know, it's just like if 
you're going to have to ask multiple people because there's time and schedule. And I think the benefits that you'll gain from it is that life is just so much more enjoyable when you have somebody along the journey. It's rich and, and you're stronger. And that you'll be known. One of the benefits is I'm much more vulnerable now than I used to be. And people know me. And so it's a deeper relationship. And I haven't always done it well. I mean, some seasons you're not going to do it well. And that's okay. But just how can you make the change and fit that into your crazy schedule? So men out there, we want you to do this. Women, uh, men rely on us as their friends, and we can do a wonderful job of that and need to. They need the female relationships too, their mothers, their sisters, their wives, and good friends. But those friendships with men are important and valuable. So I want to end on this note. Think about God himself. Jesus came to earth and he had friends. He said, I don't, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. He had his 12 disciples. He had friends. And John said he was the disciple that Jesus loved. And he knew he was Jesus's friend. And even God himself, you know, we have characters in the Bible who said that God said, you're my friend, Abraham and Moses and David as friends of God. And there are others. And so if God himself needs friends, Maybe the men do too, and it's a good thing. So we'll, we'll follow that role modeling. Any last words from you? Yeah, that's a great point. And um, I think the last point I would say is that to be alone is to really set yourself up to be vulnerable. And so to have invite people in your life is really to be strong. That's right. The strength of friendships of men. All right, we'll end on that note. This is Wellspring on the Air. We're glad you joined us today. And if you missed this show or want more of it about the friendships of men, you can find it on wellspringmiami.org. We're glad you're with us. Send us an email anytime. I'd love some encouragement. Tova at wellspringmiami.org. Just let me know any of your questions, things you'd like us to cover or some feedback. And we look forward to you coming back and listening in on Wellspring on the Air. Again, find us at wellspringmiami.org. It's time to wrap up. This is Tova Krebs with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.